War Room. We're back uh, this week. Um, first of all, this is our 120th episode. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Time so flies. 120 episodes deep and hopefully plenty more. So Yeah, this is fun. I've been looking forward to this one. So this week, um, this week we are, it's all about trade deadline. So we are, um, can't believe we're already two weeks into the year, um, into the, into the new year. Um, we are about, I want to say seven weeks or so from the deadline, seven or eight weeks. Yeah, it's about right. Or so, um, it's going to come quick because we're getting down to before we know it here in the coming weeks, um, all star break and then a stretch and then the deadline. So it's coming up quick. Um, the uh, the preparation for the deadline ends the day after last year's deadline is over. <laughs> yes, yes, for us That's and how, for how that works for organizations. So this week we're going to run through. We're going to uh, touch on some trade rumors that have happened, any trades that have already been finalized. Um, go through each team, buyers and sellers, and um, and then we'll touch on sp- specific teams. It'll take too long to go every team, but we'll yeah. touch on specific teams of what certain specific teams are in the market for or what they need. Um, we can we can quickly go through, and we will, each team, all 32, on whether they're buyers or sellers. That's a quick look at the standings, buy, sell. Um, in terms of the specifics of what they're looking for, we'll go through maybe a couple bubble teams, a couple um, contending teams, and touch on um, what their need is and what they might be looking for, um, just to keep it concise this week but uh, there's a pretty hearty list of teams that won't be doing much of anything and partly because of how they're managed uh every year they do it the same way and and partly because there's a lot of there's almost nobody that can add pieces without taking something away so buyers also have to find ways to move salary and we'll get into all that but there's going to be a handful of teams that really because either they don't need to because they're cash strapped or because their assets don't set up in the, in the proper contract uh, years and whatnot, that they're just not going to be able to do anything. There's teams on here that I'm going to tell you, well, that they need to be sellers, whether they are or not, it's time for them to sell off. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be doing both. Right. True. Um, The most recent trade that was finalized, um, Cutter Gauthier out of Philly. Um, a lot of um, thoughts and debate and everything around that trade as to him not wanting to play there, the reasons, all the ins and outs that we don't have to debate about or get into. Um, but nonetheless, they it was poorly out. handled by both sides, Evan. The the Gote camp and the Flyers, that should have been handled behind closed doors. Gote should have had the courtesy to sit down for 15 minutes and meet with them, explain to them privately. He wasn't going to, re- going to sign. Let's get a deal done without putting it, putting it out there in social media. And then the flyers reacted to it the way they did. And that was just very poorly done by both sides. And he's not the first or last guy that will not want to play wherever it is that he's supposed to play. It happens every year. 
Exactly. And here's one thing I do want to say before we dive into it. And um, it's for the listeners um, so that they understand it's for you. It's for me. Um, Part of the controversy around that was the report that came out in a media podcast interview from somebody in the Philly, in the Flyers media, um, painting, painting all this as a Kevin Hayes problem. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard that. Um, you heard about that. He painted it as Kevin Hayes's problem. It's his fingerprints all over it. He failed that he failed it. He didn't this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I don't normally a lot agree with John Tortorella, but his response in his press conference, I a hundred percent stand by what I'm getting at is I want us to be careful and I want any listeners or anybody that listens to us to understand that we never intend to ever come across like we're like we're painting anybody in a bad in an unfair light is that fair to say for you and me yes um so any any criticism i'm we might throw um me toward matt duchene anything like that is not to say that matt duchene is a horrible guy it's not to say that no um, we're not Vinny Henestrosa is this, it's, we, I, I think I speak for both of us that our intent is to always be as objective as possible. Now, um, for any listeners that, that might have personal feelings, otherwise, please understand we do not intend to go the route of this type of situation. So I, and I say that because I think that that's, as John Tortorella said, that that's, it's BS and it's, it's not fair. And it's the type of comment that's now going to to stay with Kevin Hayes yeah. as he finishes his career. This is a social media thing. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of everybody's energy. Uh, it just it's out there to sell copy, and I it's very very tiresome. I was sick of it many years ago, and it's even worse now. So, ugh. yeah. So anyway, no um, no the cutter cutter Gauthier trade was um, interesting here. Um, report that came out they contacted Colorado they wanted Gauthier for Bo Byram one one for one wow the Avs uh, McFarland came out and said that if that we're not we're not doing it one for one if you want Bo Byram you'll have to offer more he's and, a proven commodity uh, and, and, you know and Bo Byram's a proven commodity Cutter Gauthier is not so Correct. from that standpoint um the way McFarland handled it I like um don't give up an up-and-coming quality middle pair defenseman for a guy who's unproven now the only reason to have done that and and it could be the same thing with Jamie Drysdale who's a who's a tremendous young player one reason that, that might have been in the works is because of their health because Drysdale and Byron both have had trouble staying in the lineup. So yep. maybe they know. And it, it's the same reason that Connor Timmons has been dumped a couple of times. Can't stay healthy. You know, guys don't say much about it, of course, because then your value goes down. But hey, if you, if you know, this guy's constantly in the trainer's room, maybe we better move him along. Yeah. It's the same reason why reports are coming out that um, Trevor Zegers is on the block. Um, that was whether you put any stock to it or not, it's been reported that he's, that he's at least, um, somebody that would, that they would look at now, 
could you blame Anaheim with their rebuild process? Are you really in a position to say that certain people are off limits, but, um, there, listen, at least with the health, right? Yeah. Let me, let me just try to put all this to rest. If you, everybody is in play. If I'm, if I'm thinking like Anaheim is that they might be moving Adam Henrique and somebody calls and says, by the way, what would, what would it take to get Zegras? That doesn't mean Zegras is in play. It doesn't mean he's on the trade block. This is where social media rumors and stuff start to go crazy. And it's unfair. Virtually every player comes up in a conversation every season, almost everybody. And this goes back 35 years. I'm, the old saying is if Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anybody can be traded. So don't put a lot of stock in that. Maybe Zegers's name came up in some discussion. Doesn't mean they're peddling him. Doesn't mean they're not. But it's just one of those things that you don't, nobody's expecting it. Nobody's planning for it. Now, there are some guys out there that obviously everybody knows they're on the block. Either they don't want to resign. They've said that they won't resign. The club is too far apart on money. Maybe they've got too many left shot defensemen or they're, whatever the case may be. There are a lot of guys that everybody knows that they're trying to be moved. But guys like Trevor Zegers, that's just not one of them. Agreed. Um, so a couple names here um, reported to be um, looked at um, and to watch for the deadline. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens out of Columbus. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Markstrom in, in Calgary. Now Markstrom, let me let me say in, in regards to Markstrom, he has a full no move. Right. He's going to be a chore because he's he has a, chore, a full right. no move. Um, Boston Bruins looking into Sean Monahan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Nick Felino just extended in Chicago. Um, and uh, yeah, so Sean Monahan looked at for Boston as Boston scouting the middle six forward, which you, like you and I talked about is what they'd be, they'd be needing with Bergeron and Krejci retired. Yeah. So they're in need of a center iceman. Uh, Monahan, um, even Tyler Johnson has been reported out of as an option for Boston. Yeah. Um, so uh, look for movement there. Um, the Thomas Tatar trade in Colorado opened Colorado up for a likely big move coming toward the deadline, whatever that looks like. Um, they will have to dump somebody out, and whether that's Sam Gerrard's $5 million or um, name a guy. Uh, they will have to dump some cap space out in order to, to do that. But a number of things to look at there. Buyers and sellers uh, transitioning. Um, here's, the, here's the list of sellers. And whether they whether they do or not remains to be seen. Washington, San Jose, Columbus, as you mentioned, Merzlikens, Detroit still has some assets they need to, to move in order to continue to stockpile draft picks and rebuild. Uh, Arizona, Nashville, and Chicago all in the same boat. And uh, I'm going to throw the St. Louis Blues in there. I don't think they're going to be contenders. They don't think they're going to be contenders. Maybe maybe one of their old veterans, maybe a guy like Shen or somebody like that can be moved for some, for a prospect or, or conditional pick or whatever. But that's a, that's a list of sellers. That is what two, four. So that's eight teams that really ought to be clear cut sellers. And I think you'll probably end up throwing Montreal and Calgary in that mix too. Agreed. Um, here's the, here's a question on, on sellers. Um, here's the, these teams are my question marks as in could go either way, depending on where they sit. Yep. New Jersey, 
uh, the Islanders and Pittsburgh out of, uh, out of the Metro. Um, Tampa is a question mark for me as to what they do. Um, and then you got a uh, question mark for me, buyers or sellers, um, Nashville and Seattle. I can, I'll address those one at a time. Uh, Tampa is going to be really hard pressed to, to do anything because of their cap situation. I also think that they pretty much like their team. And so they don't notoriously, they don't make huge moves at the deadline. Uh, neither does Lou Lamorello in, in New York on the Island. So it would be, it'll be difficult to, to see either of those teams making a huge splash. Pittsburgh is rumored to be moving Jake Gensel because of what it's going to take to resign him. Uh, Kyle Dubas is a pretty aggressive guy. So I would imagine there's going to be a splash in Pittsburgh before the next month or so is over. That's, you know, that kind of handles those guys. And I, you know, then in Seattle, they should sell. They're not in contention. They don't have the high end talent that they need. They're going to, they need to pick up a draft pick or a prospect uh, to to become actual playoff contenders. So they, whether they do or not, they should, they should sell off some assets. And, and by the way, as we refer to all this in every single case in nearly, well, not every single case, but in, in seven out of 10 cases in the, in the buyer category, the goaltenders at the top of the list. If you've got a, if you've got a movable goaltender right now, you're the, you're King. Mm-hmm. Well, goaltending has been for 32 teams and for the first time, first season in as long as I can remember, goaltending for all 32 teams has been consistent, inconsistent across the board. Yes. Like you can point to literally every goaltender for every team and say three, five goals that they've allowed over the course of the games they've played gets them two more wins and they're in a different spot, like type of type of argument, like across the board. I, that's why you, I, you're you going to see maybe not so much with Jake Allen, um, who's not somebody that uh, I like Jake Allen. He's had a good career. He'll continue to be, he'll continue to be an NHL player, but he's not going to raise the same kind of interest uh, going into the playoffs that a guy like Merzlikens will. And you mentioned the New Jersey Devils. They are one of the top teams looking for a goaltender, uh, given cap and, and everything. You'd have to say Colorado, the Oilers, and the Maple Leafs are all also in the – and Carolina, all heavy in the goaltender market. So uh, there will be a frenzy literally over Merzlikens because he's – publicly said he does not want to go back to Columbus. So yeah. um do you, did you um I can't remember if you said Minnesota, but are would they be a seller? You know, they're such a middling team. You know, they're they really should. Um, but at the same time they've got they've had some guys like notably Kaprizov, worst year of his career by far. Um, and they had a five or six guys that had career years last year. So the only reason I would say they're probably not going to be big time sellers is because that's not Billy Garen's style. And I think he likes the young core of that team. Uh, I don't, unless he wants to try to move Mark Andre Fleury to a contender, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what he would do. You know, he's he's a hard one to read, right? Because would, would, would Minnesota be a? They may not be a full seller, but would they be a full buyer then? I would say no. They don't. For one, they don't have cap space. Uh, I think they like they like their roster for the most part right now, but they don't have a lot of. I'd say they don't have a lot of prospects in their pipeline that they could turn around and move. And he's probably going to be reluctant to give up any more first round picks or anything. So uh, they probably, I don't know, you might, you might see him move a guy like Zach Bogosian to a contender. Um, Goligoski, maybe, I don't know. There, there's a couple of guys on their back end that, and, and Mark Andre Fleur is another one. They uh, you might see these guys go to, to a contender for a conditional pick. Sure. Um, getting personal for a second, what do you think? What do you see your Leafs doing? Well, they're they're clearly in the goaltender market, but they are as cash strapped as anybody. So there's a the classic example. You can't you can't put a goaltender in until you either decide to you know decide to trade TJ Brody or put a you know do something else with. Uh, Samsonov, I, I don't know. I, they they just don't have any space to add one. I don't know if you could, you know, there was Marc-Andre Fleury was in the rumors last year with them. But again, it, it's, it's going to be a matter of how many more assets, how much more draft capital are they willing to spend to try to win now, which is probably the answer to that is all of it since they just signed Nylander again. But this they're is, this need, is uh, their... they probably need a defenseman and a goaltender. This is their all or nothing year, arguably. Yeah. So, um, so look for Toronto to, to be kind of to push their chips all in in, in regards to the deadline. Um, right. Speaking of contenders, let's look at contenders. We touched on, um, well, before we get to contenders, are there, let's look at any of the, the border teams here that, that if they become buyers, could push them into a playoff race. Or, or um, push them into a position to potentially make a run in the playoffs. Um, if the if the Tampa. teams Evan, if they're smart, if you're the Flyers or New Jersey or Edmonton, uh, certainly Calgary is in that in that mixture. Um, Dallas, Winnipeg, the Rangers, Florida, all of these teams are pretty solid playoff contenders right now. They're they're in really good position, in, and Boston. What happens with them in the next four to six weeks is going to dictate everything. You don't want to go rush out early and make a big deal and then have your number one, you know, strap yourself. Then you're, then you're trapped. If, if you made the swap, now your front goaltender, your A goaltender gets hurt or you fall on a couple of bad injuries and a, and a lose seven out of nine kind of stretch. And all of a sudden you you know, you've jumped the gun and you've wasted uh, wasted a, an asset in the trade deadline that now doesn't matter anymore. So those the teams that are either bubble or in the playoffs, it's all going to they may they may do nothing. They may do make little moves at the end, depending on depending on everybody's health. But, you know, there's a lot of them that it would just be ridiculous for somebody like the flyers who've had a great year and they're looking good and they're going to likely be in the playoffs and be, you know, hard to contend with 
it would be ridiculous for them to go out and, and make a big move right now. Same way with New Jersey, even though they've got health problems and goaltender problems. I don't, I don't see what they do. Carolina clearly needs a goaltender. Um, you got the same situation in Colorado with, with a backup goaltender that you're going to have to have, whether he's in the system or not, got to have a backup goaltender to save some, uh, save some energy for Georgie come playoff time. So, uh, if you're Dallas, Winnipeg, the only reason to make a move right now, as well as they're playing, is if, if somebody gets hurt. Yep. Uh, contenders. So you touched on a few of them. Um, Boston, Florida, um, New York, Colorado, Dallas. Um, dare I say Vancouver? Yes. Dare I say Winnipeg? Yeah, um, for sure. Both like, of them. Like, And I'm speaking heavy cup favorite contenders would not surprise anybody if they made the cup final and competed for the cup, those type of teams, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Colorado and Dallas, Detroit, or not Detroit, sorry, Boston and Florida, um, maybe depending on what they do between now and the deadline, Toronto. Yep. I, you know, there's any, a- any holes you see with those teams that, that you don't want to jump the gun too, too soon, but you can't, you can't say that they they shouldn't fill no boston needs a center a middle a middle six center iceman they just they do they're in on they're in on monahan they're in on tyler johnson they've looked at elias lindholm that type of thing um toronto Toronto needs a goaltender sorry toronto needs a goaltender yes colorado needs a little bit of cap space and maybe maybe a um if not a full one B backup goaltender than than a a third goaltender. They need uh you know Dallas, you know, with Heiskanen's in injury issues this year, would they be in the market for for a middle pair or bottom pair defenseman? Vancouver Mario Ferraro in San Jose. They're looking at moving Kuzmenko. Yeah. What 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 does Vancouver need? Those types of things. So those are questions for the contenders to shore up any depth issues come playoff time because those are the teams listed. Those are the teams that I think it's a 99% chance that they make the playoffs. So at, at that for point. Sure. I, I guess I would say in the, in, the, uh, in the case of Toronto, they're going to wait to see if they can depend on their goaltending or what the sta- status of Joe Wall is coming back from the ankle sprain. Uh, I think the Avalanche are pretty convinced that they're not, they do not have a, a, a viable backup goaltender in their system right now. I don't know that for sure, but it doesn't look like it. The Oilers in the market for a goaltender, and they've been playing as well as anybody in the league for the last month and a half. If I'm Dallas and Winnipeg, they're playing so well and they're so solid that I would only – I would only really shake that roster at all. I wouldn't even wiggle it unless the trainer told me I had to. So I, I would, uh, you know, I know Vancouver is looking for, to probably shore up another defenseman. Most of these teams that you're talking about that are in contention right now, they need to they need to be patient. They they need to see if how the how the injuries pan out over the next month and how some of their you know, some of their bubble teams with bubble players, how, are those guys going to be somebody we can count on going into the playoffs? Or we, do we need to go out and pick up uh, a Tanev from Calgary or a, or a Ferraro from San Jose 
Do we need to get, uh, like you mentioned, Monaghan or, or Lindholm? Morgan Frost is on the market. You know, John Gibson, we haven't even talked about yet. He's got pretty strict new, no uh, no trade in his contract. What about Noah Hannafin? There are some big names out there that could really change things if a team looks like they're, you know, maybe a Heisken isn't going to come back or maybe Joe Wall isn't going to come back in in uh, Toronto or whatever. There's a, there's a lot of – that's what makes it so fun. Every night something changes. This guy gets hurt. That guy throws a shutout. Now all of a sudden does my does my – approach to the deadline change just because of all this happening. Yeah. Yeah. You're also looking at a, with the cap situation being what it is until the end of the year, um, you're looking at um, the type of situation that we saw with uh, free agency a year or two ago, where um, come the deadline, you're going to have to do, um, you're going to have to be a little, what's the word nuanced or um, particular with, with how you, how you handle um, trade pieces. So instead of a one for one, or instead of move this um, move, these two guys to get this guy in a prospect, you're now looking at, okay, I'll move, I'll trade this guy for him, but you have to eat 50%. Right. Right. Like that's, the cap situation is, consideration. is, is such that you, I'll trade, I'll trade, um, pick a guy. Um, I'll trade John Tavares just as an example, I'll trade John Tavares, but who I trade him to is going to expect me to eat 50% right. of, of that big contract. However, <laughs> however, if, I'm eating 50%. That is that a team doing that is very much a um, added factor into a trade. So it's oh, another it's another piece. So a I'll friendly your trade partner. I'll eat I'll somebody eat like Chicago or Anaheim that can afford to pick up some salary. And that's why yep. maybe Gibson moves because Anaheim is one team that for this year anyway, they can retain some of his salary and move him to a to a Toronto or to, you know, there was rumor for him to go to Pittsburgh. That's not going to happen. Does he go to Edmonton? You bring up a good, you bring up a good point overall. When you talk about what I need and, and you evaluate what your team needs to put in to make the run, take injuries into consideration, take certainly cap hit is obvious, but what about next year? If you're Vancouver and you're looking to make moves, uh, I still have to sign Pedersen in Vancouver. So now, what is my what's my cap going to look like next year? Who do I have to whose deal do I have to get done in the off season? Who can I deal with that might retain some salary, like you mentioned? Uh, how many draft picks do I have coming up in the next two years? Do I have an extra first or a second or or a couple of thirds that I can spare without emptying the draft cabinet? There are so many factors that go into every one of these deals that it's just, it's very complex. And that's why sometimes to the fans and even to the people that are, you know, more studious of, of the situation, it looks more like, it, it looks more like 
roulette, like rolling dice. Uh, it, it just looks like a total throw a dart at the wall, but it's really not. You'd say, why would he do something like that? All these things are factors. Yep. And the point There's I'm, so many of them. It's the point I was making was if I eat 50%, if you and I are two general managers and we're talking of a trade and I eat 50% of a, of a contract that I'm trying to clear off my books, well, that 50% now is an asset, meaning I've, since I'm doing you a favor by eating 50% of that big contract, you now have to sweeten your pot. Of course. Yeah. Right. So now instead of John Tavares for, Steven Stamkos, just to name two names. Yeah. I eat 50% of John Tavares. You throw in, and that's actually not a fair because they make about the same money, but you now throw in the piece that I've already that I've already told you I want, but you now throw in an extra prospect and or an extra draft pick for the 50% exactly. for the 50% that I ate. Absolutely. If you want right. it, if you want it one for one, fine, but I'm not eating 50%. That's how the that type of thing. The smart teams rebuilding. And you look at somebody's roster like Buffalo with all, all the great young talent they have. And Anaheim's got some great young players coming along. The Coyotes and Detroit uh, starting to show signs of really being able to contend uh, or get back into the playoff contention. If, if those guys are smart with their cap space, they'll do exactly what you said. Yeah, I'll give you this guy for that guy or this guy for that draft pick. But instead of sending Tyler Johnson, for example, to – any of the guys that that are going to need help up the middle. Now I'm going to get a I'm going to get a, a first rounder for him instead of a second because I'm I'm Chicago and I can retain his salary for another season, so I can keep you out of trouble, uh, cap wise. And so for that I get an extra pick or I get a, a, a move up a round or so. And so you're absolutely right. That's the way it works. Yep. If you yep. do it right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, as we so, as we. As we get into the deadline, and I know we touch on this weekly, um, as we get into the deadline, any any surprises one way or the other on the standings? Well, there's always sitting, surprises. They, yeah, in terms yeah, of sitting where they where we didn't think they'd be, in terms of team one way or the other, or teams as a result either hitting out of their weight class or clearly not playing to maybe the level that they should be, and they're sitting on the opposite side of things of where we at least we initially thought they would be. The ones that the ones that jump out at me are are how well the uh, Winnipeg Jets are playing, how well the Dallas Stars are playing, and and these are not surprises to us. We we talked about this in the preseason. Uh, how poorly. Calgary has played and the fact that they've got three of their three of their top guys uh three or four of them on the trade block so Calgary all of a sudden went from somebody that you know was going to try to get a couple rounds deep a year or two ago and now that may be a wholesale rebuild that's a that's a surprise to me I think there's a there's a lot of that around most of it is not a shock um, San Jose wanting to move a couple of guys, Columbus wanting to move a couple of guys, uh, even Montreal, like they're just, these are not teams that are ready yet. Tanner Pearson is, is back in the trade, uh, trade market, like seems to be an annual thing, but 
yeah, so for for uh, surprises, there's a few, but nothing nothing shocking. Nothing nothing like you just went, oh my gosh, I thought these guys were going to be contenders and they're in the lottery or vice versa. Yeah. What, Nash- what Nashville, do you do? Nashville's hitting out of their weight class a little bit. Um, while they're not in the in the top three of the division, um, and they are in the wild card race, they are higher in the wild card race than I thought they'd be. Um, I thought for sure they'd be down with with Arizona a little bit, maybe um, St. Louis. Um, so they're I wouldn't say shocking, but they are in a different spot than I thought they'd be. Um, and Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Winnipeg is um, I, it, again not a shock for me. Winnipeg is has always been hard to play against and they've always been competitive, but leading the national hockey league. I mean, they're number one in the national and let me make sure I've got the standings here. 60. Yeah. 54, 57, um, 15. They're first in the national hockey league. Yes, they are the entire league. So then that, that is not shocking, shocking, but it's a surprise. Um, and then, Detroit's not a surprise. Um, I didn't think that they were ready to take that big next step yet. Um, no. Pittsburgh, with the, the additions they put in with Dubas in the offseason, at least on paper, I thought they'd be better than what they've shown. Um, and then I'm not shocked by it, but it, but since we pick them every year and it never pans out, seeing Philadelphia, seeing the Flyers in the mix is yeah. – is a happy surprise, but it um, it's interesting to see them remotely remotely competitive near the top. Well, listen, let me tell you, there's just one thing about the Flyers, and I'm going to defend defend both of us here. Who saw last year that they would spend the season without Cam Atkinson, without uh, uh, Sean Couturier? Uh, they just they went through some they went through some real tough times just. Bad luck last year. Uh, Farabee was out for a while. You know, Morgan Frost had a tough year. They, they just had, my gosh, who knew that was coming? So now this year, this is what we expected over the last two seasons out of the Flyers because they've stayed healthy and Torts has done a real nice job with them. But uh, I don't, there's just, as usual with the deadline, there's more questions than answers. If you go back to Winnipeg, you brought them up a minute ago. Unless the Ehlers and Shifley injuries of the last 48 hours are more than we make of them, I wouldn't, I'd be hard pressed to make any changes there. They've gotten pretty decent backup goaltending out of Laurent Brossois, uh, which has allowed Hellebuck to rest a little bit, which he hasn't done in the last 10 years. So, some of these teams, I'd just like, you know, sit back and take the phone off the hook if I'm if I'm Dallas or Winnipeg or somebody like that until someone gets hurt. So and and keep your fingers crossed for that. And how many times, how many years in a row? The answer is all of them. Do we talk about contenders come April and May? And it, it's going to boil down to, well, there's 10 teams that could seriously make runs. It's going to come down to goaltending and health. So yep. We just we start that a little earlier every year. Well, here's the thing that to me makes or breaks the legacy and the dynasty that has become Tampa Bay. Um, and this season, based on how they've played and where they sit, this season is the make or break for that. Um, take and that's not to say that there are three Stanley Cups it doesn't make it. What I mean is whether it make makes or breaks the continuation of it 
I guess. And that, and that is um, their willingness to move the necessary pieces to bring in a substantial goaltender to tandem Vasilevsky because the, the competitive years that we've seen from Tampa has clearly deteriorated Vasilevsky. And now he's still the only guy in Tampa that can remotely stop pucks. Yeah. And he's still playing 60 plus games. And we saw the result of that with a back surgery and with, you know, and with struggles this year, your, their willingness to move, to move a high end piece or, and a draft pick, if you will, if that's what it costs to bring in a quality one B tandem goaltender to not only backstop you and help you push into the playoffs to close out the regular season, but then remotely be competitive in the playoffs is, is what makes or breaks Tampa this year for me. You're absolutely right. And the, here's the, and I like Jojo. Don't get me wrong. I like Jojo. He had, he had quality moments in Colorado He's a good locker room guy. I like him, but he is not, he is not a guy that can, that you can rely on to if Vasilevsky has back surgery or if anything like that happens to win you 12 games, no, probably 12 not. hockey games. No, they're, just none. they're pretty solid, but this is exactly the corner that you paint yourself into by being a contender every year. And this is how you take, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk and two first rounders and trade them for um, Hagel and Hagel. So now all of a sudden we start looking down your roster. Okay. I have no cap space. I can't retain anybody's cap. If I'm going to peddle someone to try to pick up a goaltender, I can't keep anybody's cap. I don't have any assets. I'm running low on draft picks, high draft picks. What do I do? I could, you know, I could, maybe I'd love to go out and pick up Jake Allen, but I could, what, what, what will you, would you take a conditional fourth rounder for Jake Allen? Probably not in this market. So what do you do? And this is what can, this is what being 10 years of a, of a contender will get you, you know, ask the Blackhawks. It, yeah. it, there's a, there's a high cost and that is how the cap is system is supposed to work. 100%. It, it, if you can manage the cap against injuries and against being a contender year over year, five year span over five year span, you're, you're beating the system because the most guys, as you can see, most guys can't. Yep. Yep. No, yeah. I agree. But that's but the point I'm making is with goaltending um, that's the make or break. And it, it is for a, teams every year but for tampa specifically this year at least not specifically as in the only team but specifically in terms of of the legacy and the dynasty they've had for the past 10 plus years mm -hmm. that's the one piece that will either continue the legacy and continue the the detroit red wings style constant playoff appearance you know contenderships or put you into an immediate off season of like well what do we do now what? Yeah. And, uh, and oh, goaltending, yeah. goaltending is that for Tampa goaltending, uh, the type of thing that arguably, and it remains to be seen come playoff time, but arguably has been solved by the New York Rangers and getting Jonathan quick. Absolutely. You brought in not only a veteran leader, but a guy who clearly 
clearly can still go and win you eight to 12 hockey games. <laughs> they didn't just pick up Jonathan Quick. They picked up a very angry, pissy Jonathan Quick who wants to go out and prove to somebody that he got thrown out with the garbage in LA and he didn't deserve it. And, mm -hmm. and yes, it's the business of the game, but he's got a major chip on his shoulder right now. And you can see it in the way he plays. Good in, Col that. in Colorado, in Colorado, Prozvatov has played well enough. Would you, could you see Prozvatov being a trade chip for something in return? Now, speaking of goaltending though, again, this is part of my question. Speaking of goaltending, you'd only do that if you're either getting a better goal, goaltender in return or if you're confident that Ananen in Loveland can come up and be that guy. Otherwise, otherwise, you almost, because of Frankie's injury and because of, because of the market, you almost have to, if he's played that well, rely on Prozvatov to be that 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 be goaltender that's you're not i don't think you're going to you're not going to be able to find a better goaltender than him in your cap situation and and Ananen is the only one in the system now with with frankie hurt he's the only one uh that you could possibly rely on to come up and pick up 10 or 12 games in this in the back half of the season to sit Georgie down, which they're going to have to do, or he's going to run out of he's going to run out of tread in mm -hmm. the playoffs. So the if I'm them, I I try to make I try to make Ananen the guy I can go to. It's like they're otherwise the only other way they can do that is if they can if they can move a you know if they can move Gerard's salary for one year if they get. Um, if they're he's back skating again, if they get Landy uh, in the playoffs, you know, depends on everybody's health. But I just don't I don't see how they can make a goaltender for goaltender trade. Uh, I'm and I'm not necessarily saying a goaltender for goaltender trade. It was mainly just to bring up the the discussion about Prozvatov and his play. Um, yeah. One thing the, Evan question, the question would be the question would be in that regard. Um, speaking of Colorado what you would what you would be willing to move to get to get a quality goaltender to platoon with Georgie would would a team say yes to a Sam Gerard and an Olausen yeah. prospect would they say yes to you know I mean pick a guy and I'm not necessarily one to say it just simply because they've played you know, Stanley Cup in 2022, and they've played well enough that it's hard for me to look at that lineup and objectively speak on guys that I'd be okay with them trading. Um, but um, Gerard's salary, um, what prospects would you be willing to move, all these different things? Or are you confident in getting Landy back and in a number of these factors that Georgie and Prozvatov can, can one-two it the way Frankie and Kemper did? If, if I am Joe Sackett, I'm going to, I'm going to tell the team that our goaltending problem, it belongs to the entire roster. Cause as you and I talked about a few days ago, the goaltender that has faced the most inner slot shots of anybody in the league this year is Georgie. Mm -hmm. 
Part of that's because he's played more games than anybody else. Part of that is because they are allowing way too many opportunities from the middle of the ice. So I'm going to charge all of our defensemen and all of our forwards with keeping the puck out of out from between the dots more often and more effectively and using the outside of the ice and and playing better in your own end to make Ananen a better goaltender or whomever I throw in there. You know, if, if I go, I, if I go with uh, Provatov, fine, but it's up to the team to make him a better goaltender. It's partly up to him, but the team needs to do that because one way or another, I'm not going in. I'm, I'm not going to play Georgie for 35 of the last 42 games. No. I can't do that or we're all wasting our time here. So everybody yep. start, you know, fasten down your own end of the ice, start chipping the puck out a little bit better and play a little bit better on the four check. Everybody's got to make our backup goaltender better or we, we don't have a chance. Yep. And watch for not with teams like Colorado, with teams like um, New York, with teams like even Winnipeg, start watching for um, even Dallas, start watching for um, one and one games. So mm-hmm. Georgie, Georgie gets a game tonight in Toronto. Prozvatov gets the game in Montreal. Yep. Georgie gets the game in Ottawa. Prozvatov gets the game in Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you start doing a one for one thing. And then depending on how well, again, using it as the example, Prozvatov plays, then as the season continues to progress, now you start a one and two thing. So Georgie gets Toronto tonight and Prozvatov gets Montreal and Ottawa. Correct. And, you know, type of thing so that you can start to, to not only get your Jonathan Quicks and your Prozvatovs and your Brassois and all this stuff, the reps, but you also get Hellebuck and Georgie and um, um, Shosturkin and these guys some rest. Vasilevsky, like you said before. Yep. So, yeah, you can't, you cannot do that. It's irresponsible. And you got two goaltenders for a reason. And as we've seen over the last five years, there are many, many years, many, many play, playoff series that you're going to see the third goaltender be relied upon to win you a series or two. And if you don't have that depth, it doesn't matter what else you can do. So yep. you're absolutely right. That's It's got to come from someplace. And that's why you have a 25-man roster. Yep. And you get free call-ups at the end of the year and no cap at the end of the year. You've got to figure out a way to get this done. And you've got to put it, you know, make just stop, stop making Georgie practice. So especially don't make him practice in between uh, on a, on a travel day. Don't like, you've got to take good care of these guys because you, the days of Marty Broder playing 77 games, those days are over. Yep. And our, I think our favorite goaltender would agree um, that this all or nothing absolute that you, that you and I hear a lot of, about blame on the goaltender and oh by the, and have you noticed too and i think obviously you have you can vouch for it when when they're losing it's an absolute nobody but the goaltender's fault but, they're, <laughs> but when they're winning well it's because mckinnon had a hat trick and right. and all this stuff not because georgie made five key saves in the in the five ten final 10 minutes of the third right they don't put the success on the goaltender but they'll put the blame and um I think our favorite goaltender can can vouch for the fact that the, the problem is is it, you can't do that because 
it's up to the goaltender to face the shots he faces or to save the shots he faces. But it's also up to the team in front of him to limit not only the amount of shots he faces, but the quality of shots he's but facing. From where? And from exactly. where? Like you, you have to play smarter so that the that the amount, the quality, and the location of the shots that your goaltender does face is in a, in an area that he can make the saves. Sure, it's just simple. It's 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 as idiotic as when you when somebody gets beat seven to nothing and they say, "Well, our goaltending sucks." Well, would you rather get beat one to nothing because your team mm-hmm. never scored a goal? So goaltending is really not your number one problem here. In the in the mix right now, Shesterkin, uh, Jake Allen, and Dan Vladar are the only goaltenders that are, anybody knows of at this point that are that are truly on the market. There may be more that we're not aware of, and there may be goaltenders in some of the places that we think. Like I've heard Morazic's name, and and uh, you know, not various not, guys, not Shesterkin. You mean Sorokin? I, uh, Merzlikens, I mean. Sorry. Oh, okay. Merzlikens. Merzlikens. Yeah. But, you know, among the teams that we know are not going to make the playoffs, you know, how do you – there are probably goaltenders around that we haven't heard of being on the open market yet. They are. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, goaltending, goaltending as we talk about every year, is the make or break for for your contendership down right. stretch. The, so the New Testament says goaltending covers a multitude of sins. I'm pretty sure it's in there. <laughs> yes, it does. So anyway, uh kind of jumbled, but we 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 touched on some buyers and sellers. We touched on some trade rumors, some um rumored trade pieces, uh what certain teams are looking for, what certain teams need in terms of goaltending. Um anything you want to ask or add or thoughts that you want to close with this week. Yeah, you know what we we went we skipped right over the Edmonton Oilers. We skipped right over the LA Kings, who are firmly a contender in the West. The Oilers are playing extremely well, and we don't know what their goaltending situation is going to be. Um, there's a there's some play. We need these things. I, I I can't I can't listen to some of the two or three hour podcasts, but boy, there's just there's so much there's so much ground to cover here. And well, we didn't really get to is, Vegas much. The beauty of it, if with with our willingness, is we can make two or three hour podcasts. We're not we're not list, we're not necessarily listening to it um, because no. we we spent two or three hours talking on them. Um, and and here's the deal too. The reality of it is too. Um, podcasts are kind of a catch twenty two in terms of in terms of length because the short attention span of society today would say that a 30 minute to an hour long podcast is more than enough. However, a lot of the really, really popular podcasts are two, three, four hours long. And uh, now, now to be fair, on a quick tangent away from hockey and speaking of podcasts, they like Joe Rogan and everything else, their podcasts are centered around guests. So it's a, you know, they sit and they, they have guest conversations every week, right? Like you, you and me talking to pick a guy, talking to Ryan Walter, talking to whatever every week. And, and so you can have more of those conversations um, that are a little longer. 
Um, I do, I do think, I do think if I'm being honest for, for ourselves and our listeners, I do think we shortchange ourselves sometimes by wrapping it up at a certain point rather than allowing thoughts to continue, um, and, and say what we want to say or what needs to be said, but however long is however long. So it is what it is. Um, Well, I, you, you may have to sometimes count me among the people whose attention span just isn't isn't up to par with the, with the two and a half hour podcast. I mean, I could I I can't even listen to myself for that long. Well, you also can't I'm, sit. You also I'm can't riveted. sit still for that long. It's so. all there is to it. You you can't sit still for that long. No. <laughs> we try. We sit down, turn on a movie, and five minutes in, you're up and pacing the kitchen and doing whatever. So. You can't sit still for that long. So maybe what we need to do maybe what we need to do is when we, especially here in the coming weeks, as as we finalize things and start putting our our Zoom episodes here on YouTube for people to watch as well as listen to, um, maybe what we need to do is get you a standing desk and a treadmill that goes with it, and then you (laughs) you can be moving while you're doing it. And now you're you're killing two birds with one stone. You're moving, you're constantly you're just, moving, and you're, and you're talking. So there you go. You're a real problem solver. You know that. It's it's just that hard. it's that or um, for your birthday or um, a scooter. Oh no! I still I I'm still in on getting you a scooter. I want to <laughs> I want to get you I want to get it decked out. I want to get it customized. I want to get a big. Toronto Maple Leaf logo in Maple Leaf blue on and everything, and then I want to get built-in speakers and and just decked out chrome spinners and everything like that. And now you got yourself you got yourself a nice little wagon there, and you can can get around the get around the club and you can get around the neighborhood, you know, (laughs) rolling deep in Maple Leaf blue there. I already have one of those. It's called a golf cart. That's that's as old as I'm willing to be right now. The scooter is just not going to happen. If we, you get we, the scooter, I'm telling you, save the receipt because I'm going back and trade it back in for the money. Well, we've got a great birthday gift already picked out for you. So, so okay. Car- Carly found a, a great gift, and she's like, "It's only fifteen bucks." So we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get you a great little birthday gift, and and we can. We'll, we'll use the $15 that, that we got back from Flav. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, where did you get that? Did you collect my $15 from Flav? <laughs> that bastard. Here in the coming weeks, we need to have Z Diddy on and we'll, and we'll, we'll um, share stories about Flav of Flav and, and, <laughs> and all that good times. Hit, hit him up, see if he wants to, see if he's got time to join us someday. Yeah, yeah, That'd I will. So, but no, yeah, we'll get you, we'll get you a scooter and we'll, uh, um, I can or, or 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 we can just or we can take your golf cart and get it decked out. Hey, if I, you know, put spinners on it and um, maybe make a low rider out of it or something make like that. Tim Allen style, more power, and then and then you can you can put it on the road and keep up with traffic, <laughs> and then you can get then you can get to our house and take your grandson for for a cart ride. That's right. Without no, without just, any issue. It's only a couple blocks that I would have to have it on the street. I'm I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> what's uh what's on the agenda next week, man? 
next week next week that's a good question um well, a surprise it's maybe it's- it may be a surprise and it may be a continuation as well just because yeah. as the weeks progress here we're going to be we're going to start getting a little more each week with each passing day but each week a little more clarity on what trade deadline will look like for for a number of different teams so kind of not only to keep everybody up to date and in tune with everything um maybe continue maybe continue what we're talking about just so we can progress along with the with the calendar as it moves forward so that may be that may be what we look for it's ongoing um it it may be in every every week or every other week type thing between now and the deadline um it may be snippets in episodes and then jumping into the meat of what we want to talk about um but it will be an ongoing thing between now and uh, what what is it march 8th i think is um i believe it is, is it march it 8th or march 20 something or something like that um between now and the the deadline can, here in 8 weeks or so can we just I, I have one favor to ask, and I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me. Can we just get through the next month or two without mentioning anything about the All-Star game? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The All-Star game, the NHL award voting, all, yeah. all that stuff. Let everybody else talk about it and speculate yeah. on it and create their power rankings and whatever else they want to do. <laughs> We'll we'll touch on statistics and and analysis and things that actually have substance to it. So there you go. I want to, you know, what I, I challenge our listeners to to uh, get back to us on the trade deadline stuff on on the injuries and the status of your team and your guy and your draft picks and and uh, and where the whole thing stands. And nobody knows for sure. We we know as well as anybody, but. Even the GMs don't know what they're going to be doing. You play an average of three games a week. If you lose two or three of them, things might change for you as opposed to if you win two or three of them. So it's constantly in flux, and it'll be that way until the end of the deadline. And so this uh, this theme will be recurring for sure. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Any other thoughts you want to close on this week before, before I'm we good. I'm, a, I'm thought it out. Before we press pause on, on the topic till next week. Yeah, I, I'd say let's uh, let's let it play for a while. We gotta. I'm getting the butterflies for the game tonight. <laughs> the game you won't be watching. Yeah, the game I won't be watching. That would just. I gotta. I gotta manage the schedule better. This has the it has the potential to be either a really good hockey game, or very lopsided one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's. I don't think. I don't think you can say one way or the other which one it'll be, but it's. It could be, it, it, yeah, it could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. So, Well, only one way to find out, and I'll be watching it recorded tomorrow morning. So don't, don't text me. I'm not going to look at any of the string of text messages that always fly around until tomorrow because I want to I, I hold the suspense. You're the only guy I know that can know the final score because you're going to know the final score whether you <laughs> – and still then go back and watch the recording. That's right. See, I, I, I don't want to, okay, that's a lie. I don't want to say you're the only guy I know. Those of us that love hockey, we do it, and we love our teams, we do it. So it is what it is, but it's just, it's. I, I just want to know how they lost or how they won. It's not good enough to know that the score was three to one. I want to know how. 
All right, well, pick it apart. Pick wait, it apart. Wait, wait to to do it, and I'll come over. I'll bring you a stick of gum. <laughs> put we'll put your your uh, your blazer on you, your sport coat oh. on you, and we'll sit there and we'll get out the whiteboard and we'll yeah. we'll rewind and pause and discuss and have to get the watch pointer. the guy without the puck. Make sure you know <laughs> see how he moves without the puck. You know, harder than that. You know all these things. You know, make sure we're you know you just once once you've been in there you just can't forget that's all <laughs> well i i sure appreciate you bringing up those memories yes uh you know the older we get we need people to remind us you know of, that's right that's right of the good I, times so I you gotta forget. you gotta have a, a memory reminder there every now and then <laughs> hey we'll uh we'll catch up with you next week for sure thanks for having Absolutely. me on. good week um, Facebook, Instagram, make sure you follow us and, uh, yep. Write to us. Let us know about the deadline for you guys. I know everybody's got their specific teams and players and different things. So we'd love to hear and we'll, yeah. uh, otherwise we'll, this will again, a continuation. So we look forward to more discussion on it and, uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, uh, until then we'll see you guys, uh, next, next, everybody week. next week. I say next week. We'll, I say next week we'll record on, we seem to be putting out one or two episodes a week because I just, I post them whenever I record. So it is whenever we record. So it is what it is, but, um, you know, I'm going to next week. will be fun. I got a couple ideas. I'll run by you. Oh boy. The old man's got ideas. Oh, I'm thinking I'm percolating buddy. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Well, I look forward to it. Cheers guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.